Bear and a Banjo is a podcast production of iHeartRadio and Jingle Punks. Hi, I'm uh, Jared Goodstadt, the writer, producer, director, and co-creator of uh, Bear and a Banjo. This is a special bonus episode that I'm putting together to uh, share some of the music and a little bit of the story about the genesis of this project. We've been really, really lucky over the last year since we started working on this project to not only be able to make this thing, but also put it out, have people find the stories, people find the music, and really all of the great press that has come out since we started this journey has been more than I ever expected. But many people don't realize that this project really started as uh, a labor of love uh, when I was working at uh, Jingle Punks, a company that I had founded. I was looking to essentially find new and different ways to make music and have music be discovered. And after this fortuitous meeting with Pooh Bear, who's one of the biggest writers in the entire world, uh, known for writing all of Bieber's songs like Where Are You Now, What Do You Mean, um, Desposito, and the new song that he just put out uh, with Bieber, which is all over the place, uh, not only 10,000 Hours with Dan and Shay, but also Yummy. Um, <clears throat> he and I quickly got together and essentially started a fake band. We really, it was a rare case of both of us feeling the grass is greener on the other side. And he said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I got to write music for TV and film? And I said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I got my music heard by a lot more people and could become a big, you know, pop songwriter like uh, Pooh Bear? And uh, ultimately, we started making music for... Uh, Roots, the miniseries, immediately after we had met. So the day after we had met, drunk at a bar, the next day he shows up my office. Uh, Crystalini, my executive from History Channel, calls me and says, hey, there's this project, but you're likely not going to get it. I know that you've done all the music for History Channel in the past. I'd you know, done Pawn Stars, American Pickers, Top Gear. And she's like, do you think you could pull a rabbit out of a hat and find us a really, really big urban pop songwriter? I said, I think I have your person. She came down to the uh, Jingle Punk's office and immediately met Pooh Bear, who's uh, an amazing person and really great in the room when it comes to pitching projects. She said, if you guys can turn something around in, you know, uh, 24 hours, 48 hours, I can quickly put it into the conversation because Questlove was the music supervisor on that project. I reached for uh, the most, um, I guess the word is lo-fi instrument or I guess antiquated or uh, antebellum instrument that I could think of because Roots obviously takes place uh, at a time when American music was not defined yet and it's this uh, really, really you know, dark period of history and I wanted to create something sparse and dark and I picked up the banjo and he was like, that's it. I picked out uh, three or four notes and he's starts singing this beautiful melody and at which point I said, Krista, I think we're writing a song so we're going to just get down to it. A few hours later, I realized uh, that I had met my match when it came to not only uh, speed but also precision and execution of writing songs and uh, after we finished the song, he said, oh, yeah, we're a band. I was like, well, what are we called? He's like, Bear and Banjo. And that really was the beginning of how this whole thing started. Um, but 
along the way, Baron Banjo as a mini division, I guess, within the world of Jingle Punk started knocking out these huge brand projects, uh, including work with UFC. Him and I wrote a song for Ronda Rousey's uh, final fight with the UFC and GEZ performed it. And then him and I worked with Pro Bull Riding and all of these songs were pretty much in the same vein. They were dark, anthemic, uh, melodic, and really utilized the two sides of the coin that Pooh Bear and I are known for him with his amazing words and melodies and me with uh, how to work within the world of brands and, you know, guitar is my weapon of choice alongside, you know, drums and those simple elements almost became this lo-fi, modern, urban mishmash that I couldn't quite put my finger on. But the more we kept on making music for other people, the more I realized that we should be continuing to make music for ourselves. Um several months into us landing all of these projects, every time we would have one, we'd record one song for a client and one song for us. One song for a client, one song for us. Next thing I know, I have six or seven songs. I meet T-Bone Burnett and I start playing him some of this music and he says, this is great. We should make a whole album. And at which point it validated what I thought in my mind that Pooh Bear is this amazing voice but also a true... Um, inroad to the past of music and the present and the future. He is all of those things, but he's already told his present music and his future music with all of his amazing pop collaborations with every artist imaginable, but we've never seen what Pooh Bear sounds like when you strip away all of the modern production and, you know, pick up these um, instruments that are acoustic, uh, you know, for me, it's about the simplicity of the story and how his voice tells the story. So I'm really there as accompaniment. And um, after we got this project together, I then scratched my head and I said, we have these great songs. It took us several years to assemble not only Pooh Bear's music, but the uh, production that we had done with T-Bone. And for most of the production of the album... T-Bone and Pooh Bear never even really met each other. It was like playing telephone tag. I'd record bits of a song in my Airstream, and then I would take it to Village Recorders where T-Bone would be uh, working, and we would build these tracks up uh, under his uh, production and, and oversight. And then I'd play the tracks back for Pooh Bear, and I'd say, hey, what do you think? And eventually we all got in a room and realized that there was... An amazing project here, but we also were missing one crucial piece, which uh, is the link to all music, in my opinion, the Bob Dylan of it all. And I asked T-Bone whether or not he thought it would be possible for us to get a lost basement tape uh, lyric sheet that Pooh Bear could take and do something amazing with. And I truly thought that the connectivity of the worlds of T-Bone, myself as, you know, again, jingles are a part of American music uh, history and and uh, there's a huge uh, heritage and, and uh, through line that, that goes from the, the Chachka jingle writers of Tin Pan Alley that take you all the way to people like, you know, Randy Newman and Neil Diamond and some of the greatest songwriters of our time really do start in that place and I've always diminished the role of jingles by even having a wacky name like Jingle Jared but all of these things coming together and then Bob Dylan 
Um, on top of all of that, I realized that there was a, a unique American musical story that we could tell. And I thought of nobody better than Pooh Bear as a melody and top line person to take something significant like Bob Dylan lyrics and turn it into something brand new. And essentially, I'm telling you all this because it's a new model for how bands and how music and how uh, storytellers can converge to do things that haven't been done before in the music business and a business that's seen it all and done it all and every fad in the world. I had to look backwards to look forward and a, a big moment for uh, us believing this was going to go into something more real than just us making songs was the first time we ever played them live and this special episode is all about um, showcasing what that music sounded like at the flashpoint in the Genesis at the point where we were performing at Winston House we didn't know that there was going to be a podcast we didn't know that there was going to be an album we just knew that we were having amazing time making this music and it was our first showcase to the world to get people interested in what we were doing and I don't even know if we could have ever predicted what would happen um, months and months later that it would turn into something much bigger but we did know that there was a high concept idea here we did know that we were feeling a little bit of the strain of the politics of America and we wanted to make an album that reflected race, class, culture and could look backwards and look forwards at the same time so this is uh, us doing our first ever performance at the Winston House and if you've never been to the Winston House my friend Corey McGuire is uh, founder of it and it's an amazing secret little place in Venice where anyone may show up on any given night and perform music in the past they've had everyone from tiny emerging acts that you've never heard of all the way up to Ed Sheeran and uh, Justin Bieber performing there and it's really cool to see music being brought back in a significant way in LA especially on the west side because it's typically not known for that um, and this performance is three songs Pooh Bear and I performing alongside Gabe Witcher from the Punch Brothers who uh, has also a really amazing connection to T-Bone he's worked on some of T-Bone's soundtracks for his biggest projects including uh, True Detective and um, I think he recently worked on Peanut Butter Falcon which is an award uh, contender for this year but the interesting thing is that T-Bone set in motion so many things from his ecosystem, from us meeting the Punch Brothers to meeting Dennis Quaid through an introduction from T-Bone that he is this awesome, silent producer connector that, that made this all happen. And he was supposed to be there that night, but because of some unforeseen circumstances, was not there. And without further ado, this is the first ever performance of Baron a Banjo live from Winston House performing three songs off the podcast and EP. We hope you dig it. And if your voices, but not really. Everyone good? Nobody. <laughs> All right, amazing. Uh, guys, welcome to Winston House. If this is your first time, my name is Corey McGuire. Yeah, I would love to say hello. So uh, come by after the show. Well, tonight is a special night. Got my buddy Jingle Jared, give it up. It's all in the name, it's all in the name, but he is the king of all jingles. <laughs> I was gonna say the king of all Jareds. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you that do not know, we do these shows every single Thursday night. We've been doing it for the past few years, and the whole idea behind it was that 
Uh, well, first off, we thought it'd be cool if there's music on the west side, because there wasn't any, so we just started doing it ourselves. And then uh, second of all, we were meeting so many talented young artists, and uh, we wanted to create a spot for them to hang out and to share their music. And so, uh, yeah, Ruby's here at the beginning. She was the only one excited about that. <laughs> uh, so this project tonight is called Baron to Banjo. It is being uh, debuted here for the first time, right, Jared? First time in play. First time. Yeah. So I already introduced Jingle Jared. We have Pooh Bear, who many of you know. We have uh, T-Bone Burnett's produced the record. And uh, they're actually going to be debuting a song they wrote with Bob Dylan. And uh, it's an amazing thing. And so, uh, I guess without further ado, we should just get going, right? Pooh Bear, where are you? Right here. Let him through. Give it up for Pooh Bear. And guys, Gabe Witcher's going to blow your mind over here on the banjo. Give it up for Gabe Witcher. All right, without further ado, Bear and a Banjo. Hey, you guys for coming out. This is our first show. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm going to sweat a little bit. Me too. Please sweat with us, Jared. Thanks for coming out. This first song was inspired by my cell phone. Because um, it's just times when I just don't have service. And it bothers me because we're so committed to paying our bills every month. So it's like, why can't they be there for us? Like, like we're there for them when they need us the most, you know? So, go something like this. Feeling like a cold shoulder. Four years from the border. Looking back at the future. In a hurry, no, we ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Ain't got no cars, no way, no damn signal. I said, ain't got no cars, no way.
you very much. All right, this song was inspired by our, our dear president. Ooh. Oh, Sorry, oh we yeah. love him. No, it's all love. We love. We love. Um, it's just a whole lot of a lot of stuff that's been going on. A lot of a lot of hatred, and um, it's just it's unnecessary. It's, it's, unfor it's unfortunate, but you know we're here in a society, and I just felt like you know we should talk about it. And I kind of wanted to make a song with Jared that reflected you know how. I feel, and I kind of feel like, hopefully I feel like this feeling is mutual and I, and I share this with you guys, so. It's called, It's Not America. So many cruel intentions fueled by hate. No sense of value to demonstrate. Our picture of freedom is fading away. We're turning into the divided states And that's not America No, that's not America That's not America Oh, that's not America No way Your rationality is senseless Embarrassing Your heart's made of coal by comparison your ideal family is faded away We're turning into the divided states And that's not America No, that's not America That's not America Oh, that's not America No way Where's all the love, all the love when you need it? Why can't we all help each other for a change? Where's all the hope, all the hope when you need it? So quick to point the finger, you're the only one to blame. And that's not America. No, that's not America. That's not America. next song is really, really special. Um, I would have never end, I'm going to say a gazillion, because that's just a very long time. 
I never in a gazillion years would ever thought that we would be able to collab with Bob Dylan, um, the greatest songwriter of our time. Uh, but we had the honor, you know, to work with him and he sent over, you know, a collaboration and we, we hope that we didn't let him down, you know. That's like, it just makes me insecure because I just don't want to let Bob Dylan down. So we hope you, we hope you love this, Bobby. This song is called Gone But Not Forgotten. I love the fiddle. I love the, that's the guitar this time, right? But not forgotten Crying wouldn't make her stay She left me early one morning Just got up and walked away Twenty of them drag my baby down. Two trains running, neither of them going where I have to go. Oh no, one going to Houston, one going to San Antonio. Yeah, she's gone, but not forgotten. And any other women I meet Some live on the first floor Some live right above the street Except some walking high hips Others in their stocking feet Looking out the window While it rained for three days straight Sometimes I wonder how long My baby gonna make me wait No crying wouldn't make her stay Oh no, no, no She left me early one morning Just got up and walked away I can't sleep Hear my heart every beat Don't wanna talk to nobody, no Ain't got no appetite to No, 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 no,
crying wouldn't make her stay. No, no. Yeah, she left me. She left me early one morning. Just got up and walked away. She walked away. She walked away. So uh, the cool thing about Winston House is that it's a place for discovery. And not only did we get to play our music there, but afterwards the crowd stuck around. And Corey, the founder of Winston House, typically does questions and answers with the artists. And this also really set the stage for me even conceptualizing what this project is. And it's not that often that artists get to not only play their music, but explain what it is in a in a much more comprehensive way. It's almost like uh, MTV storytellers, but for a band really at the time with no profile, right. we were just some folks who <laughs> wanted to perform to at his uh, venue and he, he made it happen. So this was the... I'm very excited, as you can hear behind there. I'm talking about the first show of our tour. Little did I know that we'd be performing uh, at South by Southwest a few months later, opening for Tim McGraw, playing with Aloe Black at uh, Sundance, and getting to have our music heard by a lot more people over the coming months. But this was the conversation that ensued. Normally we just power through the music, but, uh, but I got some questions. And when it's quiet, we're going to start. You guys, how did this project come about? Um, well, we, we met at a bar at the Nice Guy. Um, and I, I heard about him because he's a legend, you know, and what he does. And I was like, man, I want to be like him one day. You know what I'm saying? And I really wanted to get into his field, into the, the television space, you know, the movies. And um, we were introduced, you know, randomly, you know, through vicariously through Justin Bieber. And um, which was, he didn't, he didn't yeah, realize. I was but, wasted. Yeah, he, was, he didn't even know it was Justin. And um, he ended up just saying, like, hey, man, you know how people do the music industry thing where you exchange numbers and then you never really call each other? That's like the normal music industry thing. So we actually called each other the next day. And um, he was like, hey, there's a chance um, for you to first get on this, this Roots soundtrack, um, the, the Roots miniseries that came out on History Channel. Thank you, Krista. And... Um, that from there, those two songs, one song, you know, that we did, it turned into, it was just like this sound right here that we're doing. And I was like, man, man it'd be cool to like pretend and have like a play group, like a play band, you yeah. know what I mean? A pretend band where we're not really serious and there's no expectations and nobody's feelings get hurt. Um, and um, so we, you know, we placed the one song in the end credits and then they, they were like, believe it or not, they were like, you guys do one more song for Ruth. So we ended up doing two songs. And then they flew, then it got even weirder, because then they flew us to New Orleans to shoot video. So I turned into a, we were a, a band. Pretend, yeah, we were officially a band at that point when we were in like doing music videos just out of the blue. 
And um, then from there, it's just like, you know, we're like, you know what, let's just get together, you know, once a week on a Saturday maybe and spend, you know, 17 minutes out of our lives and um, have fun and just with no pressure and no expectations make music. That's like this folk Americana sound. And um, for me, it's like a secret love um, just because I've written so many genres of music. So this was like my, like my, my guilty pleasure of like having an alter ego, you know what I mean? It's like drop the poo and just be bare, bare on a banjo. <laughs> And it's like, you know, he's being modest because like 17 minutes out of the week for him is like when he's not writing with Lil Wayne or Justin Bieber, or, you know, uh, any of the artists he's working with, J Balvin, for us to find free time really is like the craziest thing. So it really was a passion thing over the last two years. We'd go to my Airstream in front of my house. We'd even go to a real studio and record in like a, a tin can. And then really the craziest thing was we... Uh, needed to track down Steven Tyler for a project we were working on and I was stalking him on Instagram and I saw that he was working with T-Bone Burnett and I remembered I was also drunk and met T-Bone Burnett at one point so I was like man we need to get to Steven Tyler and he's like oh, happens yeah. a lot yeah and he's like oh man come on through the studio so we went on through and we sold Steven Tyler a song that yeah. ended up being something we were going to do for our record but it was something that ended up being the theme to pro bull riding but um, then yeah. another random no. Uh, and that was a whole other experience, us going to Pro Bowl riding together. Yeah, yeah. But um, we met T-Bone, and that really was the glue that made this thing more real, because it was a bunch of demos that we played him off our phone. And he was like, oh, this, this is the guy who did, like, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou, Crazy Heart, you know, two-time Academy Award winner, 19 Grammys, was like, I think you guys should pursue this as a project. And slowly but surely, over the course of two years, we finished... Almost, it was six songs. That's what 17 minutes of yeah. one out of the week gets you. It, 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 it breaks down to about two years of work for six songs. That's how you do the work, 17 yeah. minutes at a time. Yeah. So, uh, actually, by the way, just so everyone knows, obviously T-Bone's name keeps coming up. He's the producer on the record, and uh, he, he was meant to be here. He had some personal things that came up. He's really sorry he couldn't be. Uh, but so obviously you just shared how you guys first met T-Bone. You were drunk. Yep. Big surprise. So I met, if I've ever met you before, I've been drunk. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think, no, actually, that's not true, man. When we met, you were sober. Really? Yeah. That was probably at the beginning of dinner. Oh, but the second time we hung out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the sound of the record. Obviously, working with someone like T-Bone uh, has a big influence on that. But, uh, you yeah, well, where did that start? I mean, I think it goes back to, no pun, but to the to roots, to the root uh, of us. Just that, that was like something that we kind of stumbled on. And then we was like, you know what? Let's just build, let's just stay in this world. Let's not try to do anything else. And who cares what anybody thinks? Let's not care about what we, what we think. And let's just, you know, let's just make records. And I think the sound just really came from us doing that, those first, those root songs that were Americana and, we're like, let's just stick to this, man, and just let go and, and lose all our expectations. Um, and then from there, we just kept on. We stayed in there, and we tried to make some happy versions of it, some sad versions of it, some anthems for the for America, for the people, some cell phone anthems. Like, and just thinking of all these little cool things where, you know, hopefully we have big plans for this album. We want to try to tie it to a lot of great brands and things and kind of open up a door and do something new for a change. And, you know, for us, like having the bones of amazing songs. Like, you know a song is good if you can play it at the campfire, three chords, a great melody, and, you know, we're not really in this, the pressure when we're writing on this to, like, come up with a hit song. We're trying to come up with what's pleasing to us. But then sitting with him, I, you know, he hates when I talk about him when he's in front of me, but, like, 
arguably the greatest songwriter of the last 20 years, biggest songwriter currently of all time, oh, but and then biggest producer of all time with T-Bone. I feel like just like as a passenger and a fan, I became that in the project, being able to like love the songs, take it over to T-Bone's side where he was the ultimate tastemaker and listening to him school us on everything from like the Mississippi Delta to bluegrass music and real like tastemaker shit that gets overlooked nowadays in music where everyone's like, make it sound like Halsey. Wonderful. But that's not the stuff that we're making in our spare time. So, I mean, for us to have something that like maybe no one buys the record, fine. But I want to like the songs and listen to them in my spare time and, you know, when I'm drunk at my cottage up in Canada, blast and be like, cool, we made that. Yeah. So I think what you're saying, the moral of this story is Make sure you go like out it. and drink and you'll get to work with Pooh Bear and T-Bone Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst story I can bring tell to <laughs> young kids trying to make it in the business. <laughs> right, I got to ask, uh, how did you guys get Bob Dylan involved in this? That's insane. Um, that, that, so... Yeah, I'm a pushy motherfucker, and uh, I knew that, you know, T-Bone had been the musical director for Bob Dylan for uh, a bunch of years during the Rolling Thunder Review era, and uh, been almost like charged with taking the catalog and doing new things with it. He had done the basement tapes a few years ago with Mumford and Sons, and I said, if we're doing this project day one, I want to figure out how to get Bob Dylan involved, and... T-Bone was like, mm, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and we asked enough times where eventually he was like, oh, yeah, and he played on some tracks with... Uh, so he's part of the whole T-Bone of it all. Uh, he plays a lot with Punch Brothers. You, were you on the basement tapes? I didn't do that one, but I did. He's done everything. Like, yeah, amazing stuff. Like, one of the best bluegrass players, like in all of North America on everything from fiddle to uh, mandolin. But with T-Bone, we asked enough times, and I think the moral of the story there is if you're just persistent and you keep asking, even if you're a little bit embarrassed and you don't want to you know, look like a fool in front of your heroes, like just keep going. <laughs> Eventually he's going to say, yeah, let's think about this, let's consider it. But the day we got the lyric sheet, uh, I was up in Canada and I called Pooh, and uh, they were like, uh, Bob Dylan Googled you guys, and he's in. <laughs> and I just picture Bob Dylan sitting on a tour bus typing into like an old typewriter attached to the internet <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think did you believe me at first when I told you that? Or? of course not yeah I tell a lot of stories to get I would have believed that Bob Dylan <laughs> sent us lyrics <laughs> and uh, he came to my office and in like an hour we just like we just do it like work it's like at the desk hour to make the people two out, five hours two oh. on after four, 30 minutes yeah, 17 minutes. 17. The longer, my theory is the longer it takes to do it, the, the, it's not good. I mean, it's like you're trying and you're reaching, and so it's supposed to just flow and happen naturally. So, But yeah, thank God. Thank you, Bob Dylan. And thank you, T-Bone. Thank you, Jared. So thank you. A million years. Excuse me, a gazillion years. Yeah. Would have thought we would have a record with Bob Dylan. Thank you guys for listening. That was exciting. It's the first time we've ever played the songs for anyone. So. Yeah, and we, and we rehearsed, too. We actually, we actually rehearsed. We're a band. So, yeah, we're, a band. we're an actual band. I, I got one more kind of uh, humble brag for you and a guilty pleasure question. Uh, what is it like to have the biggest song on the planet right now? Despacito. Oh, man. Very extremely awkward because... Just, I would have never ask questions like this in front no, of people. No, it's okay. I love it, but I just would have never thought in a million years, in a million years, I 
not one that I would have. I mean, I've had some hit. I've had some hit records in my in my 22 years, but just my the biggest song of my career and Justin's career just happened to be majority, you know, Latin. So it's just a little bit, a little strange, a little awkward, but I'm grateful. And um, it and it's clearly it opened up doors for you know it's just crossing over. So now you know you see Mahente coming, you see all these other. Spanish songs coming in, um, it's, it's really like amazing to be a part of it. And I can say that my wife knows I wasn't really that excited to go in and write anything, and, and I, that's another secret. Like when I don't care and I really don't want to do something, it usually turns out to be really massive and big. So I have to turn, like I figure out ways how to turn off my feelings and not get my feelings hurt, and like I don't care and really mean it. But that came from me not caring, and it's amazing to be a part of that record. <laughs> it's amazing to be a part of history. Um, I'm really extremely grateful, and I, I mean, thank I thank God for Justin, and I thank God for Scooter actually made that play, and, and thank you, Louis Fonzie and Daddy Yankee, for you know even doing the original version. Amazing. <laughs> you guys, give it up, Baron of Andrew. Thank you. So, yeah, that was uh, Baron of Banjo live from Winston House. He's really built this amazing community on the west side of music, and it was just so cool to debut our music there because, to be honest, as a music creator and an entrepreneur, um, I live between several worlds. I want to build things. I want to make things that make money. But I also, my heart has always been in the live space. And I believe that the world of podcasting is going to experience this live boom where people want to hear unique stories, unique music in a way that they haven't before. And in a world where everything is available 24-7 on your phone and everyone's experience are becoming more and more homogenized. This was something different. Uh, I mean, maybe when we were starting it, I thought this would go over a lot of people's heads, but clearly to the passionate uh, few who have been following our story, our music, the podcast, and for all the folks at iHeart who have supported it and the brands that have been part of it, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for tuning in this season. And I'm uh, so glad that you were able to discover the story and the album itself is going to be coming out as a uh, bonus package where it's all the eight songs from the episodes plus a bonus uh, Zach Brown remix of Can You Hear Me Now plus um, New Beginnings which is a remix of what we had done for Roots the miniseries which was one of the first songs Pooh Bear and I ever did but we have remixed it and put it out for uh, this album plus the three songs you just heard which are live from Winston House I'm very proud of the set of material we've created and I think people will be really excited and surprised to see what comes next as we promote the binge experience of uh, getting people into not only the podcast and re-listening or listening to the uh, these episodes for the first time. Who knows? People might listen to music and discover the podcast or the other way around, but the full binge experience of the podcast is available now on iHeart. The record is coming out shortly thereafter with all the songs I just mentioned. Plus, we uh, are hoping to continue to tell more stories, whether it's in the form of books, audiobooks, a TV series, animation. Baron Banjo, for, for me, is this amazing world that I am lucky enough to have created alongside Pooh Bear, Dennis Quaid, T-Bone Burnett, 
Bob Dylan and all of the amazing writers who worked on season one, Bill Flanagan, Tom Piazza, Jimmy Jelinek, and uh, several of the episodes uh, that I wrote alongside uh, Nick Pizzolatto from True Detective. Just wanted to shout out every single person, including all the Jingle Punks who helped uh, produce this thing. And... uh, it's been an exciting ride. So thank you for everybody who is part of Bear and a Banjo Season 1. I am Jared Goodstat, and I am out of here. Bear and a Banjo was created, executive produced, and directed by Jingle Jerry. Executive produced by Dennis Quaid, T-Bone Burnett, and Jason Pooh Bear Boyd. With original music by Jason Pooh Bear Boyd and Jingle Jared, that's Baron of Banjo and T-Bone Burnett with lyrical contributions from Bob Dylan. All music from Baron Banjo is produced by T-Bone Burnett, and all episodes edited by David Gulick. Additional score by Jeff Peters and Jeff Judy. Story editing by Connor Ratliff and associate produced by Emily Bolko. Produced by Tom Piazza, Noel Brown, Brian Walland, Jesse Corwin, and Dan DeMoe. Co-produced by Rosanna Arquette. For episode music, please visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever one finds good music. Baron of Banjo is a production of Jingle Punks in partnership with iHeartRadio. Special thanks to John Ingrazia of Vector Management and Gary Morella of Mono Music. Krista Lenny from Maiden Creative, Gail Troverman, Connell Byrne, and the entire iHeart team. An extra special thanks to Sue Turner for being Baron Banjo's head of tour security. For a full list of production credits, behind-the-scenes footage, and source material, please visit baronbanjo.com. Jingle Punks is an anthem company.